Before I begin and read our scripture lesson today, I want to pause for a moment and try to go back and put ourselves in the shoes of the original hearers of this this message. Because this is one of the most famous, familiar parables of Jesus. One that is known just beyond the walls of the church, um, but just very culturally present to us. So it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, And I say Good Samaritan because we um, call it the Good Samaritan. But in the scripture lesson itself, apart from maybe the title, it's just the Samaritan. So today, it's really hard for us to separate and say Samaritan without just saying Good Samaritan, because they just, they go together. But for us to hear this scripture as Jesus's uh, followers would have heard, um, we need to know the significance of the Samaritan. And that for Jesus's people, they held Samaritans in contempt. So they were beneath consideration, they were worthless, deserving scorn, they weren't faithful to the law of Moses, or to temple worship. And it seems that perhaps the contempt was mutual. The Samaritan would have been a stranger, someone not from Jerusalem, someone not from around here. So let's remember this as we hear the story today. Our gospel comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have to begin by apologizing to you and saying that I'm really sorry that I don't have a dad joke for you today. It just doesn't come naturally to me. I don't have a stash, but I might start paying more attention and maybe someday I will have something like that for you. But back to our scripture today, to this familiar parable. It's one that you have heard, and I think even at Greenfield here in the last year, many times, because guest preachers uh, decide to use it. Uh, it's very popular preaching passage. And uh, it might have been smarter of me to not choose the lectionary passage this week, but I happen to be like many of those preachers, and this is a story that lends itself well to preaching. It speaks to us. So there was this lawyer or scribe, someone who knew the law and studied the scriptures, and he asked Jesus this big question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so we have Jesus doesn't answer his question, but turns it back on him to find out what the man already knows. And the man does well, and he repeats back a couple of Mosaic laws. It's a wonderful summary, and I think it's one that is familiar to many of us, and that we might adopt it as the heart of our faith. But I wonder if you know where those come from. So the first one that the man names is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your strength. And the second, from the book of Leviticus. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I wonder if you might associate some of your favorite verses with Deuteronomy and Leviticus, but there they come from. So the man answered well. He and Jesus can agree on something. These are the most important messages for us to hear, the most important laws of God. But the lawyer just can't leave it at that and has to go a little bit further and say, who is my neighbor? Really, he is confronting Jesus and challenging him. Who, uh, how wide is the circle in which I really need to love. But Jesus won't go there with him. He doesn't take the bait and answers with another story. 
And I was, I was sharing at the beginning, this story is so ingrained in our cultural understandings that it's so easy to miss the shock and the meanings that would have first been present. Being a Samaritan has become something that is valued and uplifted and known. Good Samaritans offer aid to those in need and especially to travelers. And in fact, in Tucson, Arizona, there are a group of volunteers who call themselves Samaritans. There are nurses and doctors, wilderness first responders, young people, activists. They're this group of compassionate and big-hearted people who have seen the suffering in the desert. And they want to respond as the Samaritan did in the story. And they want to heed the call and the commandment of Jesus to go and do likewise. So these volunteers go out into the desert taking four-wheel drive vehicles where they know that they might find women and children and men and families who are in need of aid. And they look for migrants who have lost their way or perhaps have run out of water or whose feet have become so blistered that they can barely walk anymore. So these Samaritans carry medical supplies, they carry food and wander, uh, water, bandages, and maps that they might be able to share with them so that the people could find their way out of the desert. They began this work when our border became more and more militarized, and there were more and more deaths that were happening in the desert as people were pushed further and further out into the reaches where nearly no one went. As I shared in our children's sermon, we have a piece of the desert in our classroom because so many stories of the people of God happened in the desert that we need a piece of it. And each time we tell one of these stories, remember that the, des the desert is a dangerous place. We don't shy away from these topics of real life when we are sharing with the children, because indeed, we all experience this in life. We know that food and water are important, and that without food and water, people die. So it's that simple, this big truth and big metaphor that we are all on this journey of life and that there are risks and dangers that are so present. And it's not like that road, or it's not unlike that road to Jericho. The traveler had left the safety of Jerusalem and so went out into the wilderness of this place in between a vulnerable place, and there he was attacked and beaten and left for dead. And along comes another traveler, one that's known in the community 
as a leader, a trusted man, one of his countrymen. But he crosses to the other side, and another does the same. And it was not until the third man came by, who was a foreigner, who was not in his homeland, and who was traveling in a strange land. And it was this man who drew near to the one who needed compassion. It was this man who was willing to use his own resources and savings to provide for healing, for medical care. If we were imagining it today, perhaps the first two were the pastor and the CE director. Who are the community leaders we expect to see compassion from? There's a pastor on the border who retells this story in the Sonoran Desert context. And she sees it as perhaps it was a border patrol agent and then a local man who passed by. And it's one of those volunteers, one of those Samaritans who comes to the aid of the migrant. They are indeed taking up this commandment to go and do likewise and to show mercy and to care and to see the human dignity in those who are crossing the desert. But there's something in this retelling that doesn't quite capture the element of surprise for me that's there in Jesus' parable. Perhaps many of us would expect compassion from this place, but where is it that we might be surprised by it? And I had a thought that perhaps it wouldn't be the Samaritan who offered the aid, the volunteer who was intentionally trying to show compassion, but perhaps we could look at it that something had happened and a border patrol agent was hurt and left for dead. It is a dangerous place, and many things happen in the desert. And perhaps it was a migrant, one of the people who was coming here, who was not in their homeland, who stopped to offer aid and risked their own safety to be able to show compassion. So I wonder where you might least expect to find compassion in this world. Or where do we expect compassion and find none? And when we go back to Jesus in this confrontation with a lawyer and this question, who is my neighbor? Jesus refuses to answer this. It would be too prescriptive, too diagnostic. I will not define the lines of where you are to love. But instead, I want you to go and be a neighbor. I want you to go and show mercy in the world.
I was talking with a Presbyterian elder recently, and he shared just so earnestly and I think with so much humility that we can be so quick to say, if only those people could hear this truth and receive this message, the world would be a better place. But that really the place to start is that I need to hear this message, that I need this transformation in my life, this possibility of being able to shift, to be able to know that I want to be moved by compassion and mercy. And isn't that what we need in this moment in the life of our nation for all of us? to be willing, to be willing to open our hearts and to see those who are hurting and for us to show mercy. May it be so. Go and do likewise. Amen.